0: We got track news for you news you can use to wash away your blues we got track news for you what the fuck you gonna do what the fuck you gonna do hey, it's a trick news it's a trick, trick news Putting our Trek right into your news. All right. Lube up your news. Cause the trick is a coming. It's a big, fat,
1: wet trick, All right. Yeah.
0: We have ads now, as you may have noticed. Do you not want ads? Well, fucking Soyagers for as little as $2 a month. Or, you know, if you convert that to Canadian, two twenty-five 25 a month. Or if you convert that to Euros, 2 euro a month. Or if you convert that to pounds, I think they're worth less than us now. So, uh, I don't know, two and a half pounds a month. Um, <laughs> you not only get access to our Patreon, but guess what's on it? You get ad-free episodes. You get episodes the moment I'm done making them. and You get them in high-quality stereo MP3 instead of that mono dog shit. Mm. You know what was recorded in mono? Uh, uh,
1: uh, Thomas Edison's. Uh, doing uh hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Th-
0: Thomas Edison fucking, uh, famous thief, Thomas Edison. Yeah. Uh, fucking yeah. He recorded his bullshit in mono. So fuck, yeah, what was fuck he saying? What
1: was he singing Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star, something like that. What was he, I don't know. Yeah. He was singing some song. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, we, we hate that. Why, why do you do that? And, like the first thing ever caught on film was a guy sneezing.
1: Like, yeah. what, are you, what, what the fuck are
0: you doing? <laughs> like, it should be like titties or something, right? Like, who yeah. you need to see a guy sneezing. And I want to see titties. Yeah. That's the first thing I would have thought of if I would have invented the fucking camera. I would have been like, I'm, I'm going to do titties with this. Hell yeah. So I can see the titties later.
1: You know? <laughs> Shit. That's what yeah, it's is for. Yeah, see the titties whenever you want. Hell yeah. And that's what—that's why you know we can every you can just type in titties mm-hmm. to a search bar now and see. I,
0: I would say I would have used it for dong. However, mm. uh, back at the turn of the century, they would have um, killed me. Yeah, they would have killed me for that. They so would have executed, um, you, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> so probably not. Um, so uh, you know, if I'm living around that, I'm probably still in the closet. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so um, that also. Instead of having to wait, like everybody else, for the episodes to trickle out like a uh, piss when you have an incredibly large prostate, mm-hmm. you get them all at the same time, or as soon as I finish uh, you know, editing them. Sometimes yeah. that takes a few days. But you know, you get them as soon as I get them done. Yes. Which, you know, it's, it's hard to listen to five hours of content a week. So hopefully you're
1: yeah.
0: to paste out in time for you. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Also, if you pay $5 or more... Uh, We mention your name on the podcast and say thank you to people just like Dan Morris and Dylan Lance, Joanna Hearn, Jordan Hale, Nick Savard, Shane Sawyer, and David Croning Seats, hell yeah. All of whom are awesome. And if you give us $10 a month or more, you also get access to my Plex, which is a streaming server Mm -hmm. with more movies than you can conceive because it's more movies than any streaming service can conceive of or has ever had. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Uh, And all those people who we mentioned are awesome, and you know what they deserve? They deserve a Q tip. So if you're listening to this and in any position to give them a Q tip for ear use only, in spite of what it says on the packaging,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: do that. Give them a Q tip.
1: Yeah, or rectal use if you want to. Yeah, I get a little little itch. Yeah. So just go to
0: (laughs) just go to Patreon.com/slash Dumb Idiot BS. That's Dumb Idiot and the letters BS, which stands for bullshit, but also stands Bachelor of Science,
1: mm. which is not
0: a coincidence. No, it's not a coincidence at all. All right, let's dive into some Trek news for the week. You got any anything new on your Trek radar, dog?
1: Oh, I did see uh, um, uh, uh, Bashir confirmed he's not returning. Oh no! Yeah, uh, I guess on uh, on his official like Twitter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he said like, no, it's just rumors. That's a bummer. Yeah. I mean,
0: that could be obfuscation, just it to make be, it a bigger yeah. surprise. It could be, yeah. However, I, I believe him. You know, Alexander Siddig is kind of, you know, he really hasn't been that big of a part of DS9 since it ended. He's not mm-hmm. one of the guys who's, like, always at the conventions, always on the panels and stuff like that. Yeah. He's there yeah. occasionally, but I feel he's almost like one of those characters, like maybe like Avery Brooks, where, mm-hmm. you know, that was a part of his life, and now he's past that.
1: Yes, uh, which is is cool. You know, you can do that if you want. Oh yeah, yeah. He said three days ago. Hate to burst everyone's bubble, but Alexander Siddig confirmed he is not signed on for more Star Trek at this time. Bummer. Yeah.
0: Big bummer because we fucking love Alexander Siddig. Yeah, or, he rocks. Uh, Al Et Fatal or whatever. His name yeah. Is. I don't know. Is that dead naming him? Because he only started going by Alexander Siddig because he's got like thirty names and he wanted to make it easier for people.
1: So, yeah, whatever. that's fair. Yeah.
0: So. All right, we're going to start out with some bummer news this week. Oh, no. RIP, Maggie Threat. This week, one of Mud's women died. Aw. Yeah, right? So, in just a sixth episode of Star Trek TOS, ag- actress Maggie Threat made a name for herself by playing the head turning humanoid in Mud's Women. Mm. Wearing an iconic green sparkling dress, Threat's character, Ruth, was one of the three women, along with Karen Steele's character of Eve and Susan Denberg's character of Magda, Mm. that had to rely on a ruby-like pill to retain their youthful looks. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the episode, which aired on October thirteenth, 1966, uh, was shot as the second installment of the series, and per Star Trek's website, it was one of three options to serve as Star Trek's second pilot episode, Mm. which is weird. Most know the actress and singer by her stage name, Maggie Threat, but she was born Diane Pine in November of 1946.
1: It's funny because Diane Pine is also a cool
0: It name. is a sick name, yeah. <laughs> Maggie Threat, though, is also sick. Maggie Threat. Sick.
1: Yeah, that's definitely like a punk rock band. Yeah, yeah,
0: right. So, grow- I'm Maggie Threat, fuck ye. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up in New York City, she attended the High School for Performing Arts in Manhattan and, as a model, appeared on the cover of Harper's Bazaar. Mm. Following the singles Your Love Is Mine and Lucky Girl in 1964, Pine's stage name was born a year later with the song Soupy.
1: Soupy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, soupy. S-O-U-P-Y. Cool. That was the name of the song.
1: She likes soup. I guess. Yeah. Um, or she talked about her drawls. Maybe, maybe, get, maybe, get my maybe all she's talking about there. that
0: fat load she's taking on her mouth.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. It's like
0: a big load of clam chowder right in my <laughs> mouth. My, right <in> <laughs> Um, it was produced by sing, uh, songwriter Bob Crewe, best known for his work recording Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. He felt the eventual stage name of Maggie Threat was a better fit for the time. Mm. 1966 was a busy year for Threat, who could be seen in an episode of Run for Your Life and as an assassin named Wipeout in Out of Sight. Mm. Later that year, she appeared on Star Trek, and while it may be the role she's best known for, Threat could be seen elsewhere on classic television throughout the 60s. She appeared on The Wild Wild West,
1: Wild, Wild West,
0: Cimarron Strip, Wicked Wicked Wild Wild, mm. uh, I Dream of Jeannie, and starred in the 1968 film Three in the Attic alongside Yvette Mimou, Christopher Jones, and Rudy or sorry, Judy Pace. Her career continued into the early 70s, appearing on shows like McCloud, The Most Deadly Game, and Run, Joe, Run. She was also in the TV movie Lost Flight and the 1970 film Cover Me, Babe. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Threat left show business for good in 1974. The actress and singer passed away on December 18, 2022, about a week and a half ago. Mm. And though her career was relatively short, she will continue to have a lasting impact on one of the most memorable episodes from one of television's best sci-fi series of all time. She was 76. Yeah, yeah so R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. to a real one. Uh, yeah. good, good stuff. Yeah. All right. Moving on in Trek news. According to physics.org, a giant laser from Star Trek is to be tested in a fusion breakthrough. So, this is some actual real news that has some crossover to, to Star Trek and their technology. So, the breakthrough came in an impossibly small slice of time, less than it takes a beam of light to move an inch. In that tiny moment, nuclear fusion as an energy source went from faraway dream to reality. The world is now grappling with the implications of the historic milestone. For Arthur Pack and the countless other scientists who have spent decades getting to this point, the work is just beginning. Pack and his colleagues at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory are now faced with a daunting task. Do it again, but better. And bigger. Oh, shit. That means predicting the use of the world's largest laser. I'm sorry, perfecting the use of the world's largest laser housed in lab's National Ignition Facility that science fiction fans will recognize from the film Star Trek Into Darkness when it was used as a set for the warp core of the Starship Enterprise. Just after 1 a.m. on December 5th, the laser shot 192 beams in three carefully modulated pulses at a cylinder containing a tiny diamond capsule filled with hydrogen in an attempt to spark the first fusion reaction that produced more energy than it took to create. Mm. It succeeded, starting the path towards what scientists will uh, hope will someday be a new carbon-free power source that will allow humans to harness the same source of energy that lights the stars.
1: Hmm. Maybe you should
0: just make a fucking Dyson sphere, you dumb asses. <laughs> no, Not really. That's, yeah. that's basically impossible. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, I don't think we have, uh, There's like I was watching the same, like we don't even have material to create a Dyson sphere.
0: No, we don't have enough material in our star system yeah. to create a Dyson sphere. Like mm. there's literally not a, enough mass. Yeah. Uh, like, even all the planets combined couldn't cover even, like, a quarter of the sun.
1: Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. It
0: also was super thin, I guess, but I
1: don't, know. I don't know. Stretch it real thin. Yeah. Make it melt.
0: <laughs> um, Pack, who joined the Lawrence Livermore Lab outside San Francisco in 2010, woke at 3 a.m. that day, unable to resist checking the initial results from his San Jose home. He tried staying awake for the shot itself, finally giving up as the experiment's painstaking preparations dragged late in the night. If you stayed up for every shot, every time for 10 years, you'd go insane, mm. he says. For the last several months, it was clear his team was getting close, and in the pre-dawn dark, he checked for a key number that could show whether they'd succeeded, a count of neutrons the pl- blast produced. When I saw that number, I was blown away, he said. You can work your whole career and never see this moment. You're doing it because you believe in the destination and you like the challenge, said Pack, leader for diagnostics on the experiment. When humans come together and work collectively, we can do amazing things. Hell yeah. We love some collective action, some communism, if you will. And I will. (laughs) Uh, The team at Lawrence Livermore, a government-funded research lab, boo, will likely run its next test in February with several more experiments to come in the months after the goal will be to keep increasing the amount of energy that's produced in the reaction. This means more tinkering, use more laser energy, fine-tune the laser blast, generate more x-rays within the target, a key step of the process using the same amount of energy. Maybe, eventually, upgrade the facility itself, a decision that would require buy-in from the energy department and a huge amount of funding. I mean, we are talking about creating a unlimited source of non-carbon energy here. So if they don't put their money in where their mouth is, I just don't believe anybody when it comes to climate change. Mm-hmm. Like, if they don't fund this, they're not serious. Yeah. Like, this is seriously the best possibility we've had at true unlimited, you know, resource extraction ever. Mm. Like, no, no, we've never gotten close to this. Like, maybe geothermals, but those are fairly inefficient the way we have them now. Like, wind power doesn't really mm. work as well as it should. Solar is still not to its efficiency level. So, But fusion requires a very small amount of material, and it creates enormous amounts of energy, yeah. which is pretty fucking cool, I think. Yeah. I think that's right. So... All of this will take years, if not decades, starting with the Lawrence Livermore's lab bite-sized experiments that last just nanoseconds, like sex for me. <laughs> we need to figure out, can we make it simpler, like sex for me? Can we make this process easier and more reputable, like sex for me? Mm-hmm. Can we begin to do it more than one time a day, like sex
1: <laughs> may, said Kim
0: Badil, director of Lawrence Livermore Lab. Each of these is an incredible scientific and engineering challenge for us. Mm. Most experts forecast that the world is still at least 20 to 30 years away from fusion technology becoming viable on a scale that's large and affordable enough to produce commercial power. That timeline places fusion beyond the scope of significantly being used to reach the world's net zero emissions goals by 2050, Mm. which we will never make. In that sense, fusion could be the carbon-free energy source of the future, but not of the current global energy transition that's faced continuous hurdles.
1: Yeah, namely like power, capitalism, oil, yeah, oil capitalism, yeah. capitalism. Yeah, yeah that's like, the
0: only. There's only one hurdle. Yeah, and it's it's capitalism. Yeah, that's it. That's the only thing that's preventing us from moving forward as a species. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we get like innovations of technology and stuff, but you know, we've been stuck in. Essentially, the same society since Victorian Britain. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's all fucked up. It's just like, yeah, now we have like streetwear. That's it. Yeah. That's the only. <laughs> uh, so fusion has captured the scientific imagination for decades. It's already used to give modern nuclear weapons their devastating power, but the dream is taming it for civilian energy demand. If it can be brought to scale, it would lead to power plants that supply abundant electricity day and night without emitting greenhouse gases. And, unlike the nuclear power of today, sparked through a process called fission. It wouldn't require long-lived radioactive waste. Mm. Entire generations of scientists have pursued it. President Joe Biden's chief science advisor, Arati Prabhakar, spent a summer working on the lab's laser fusion program as a 19-year-old college student in Bell Bottoms in 1978. Mm. So this has been a long fucking project. Yeah. Quote, "This is such a tremendous example of what perv- uh, perseverance can achieve," she said at a press conference last week. "This is how you do really big, hard things." Mm. Which I love that quote. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean there's a lot more, but I think I think this is a pretty fucking cool thing. This is definitely like a Star Trek thing that we're getting now, which is really yeah. sick, like as we know, like the the first uh, warp engines were nuclear f- fusion. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they actually mentioned it on, you know, one of the previous episodes that we watched this week. It's like the the first starships that made it to the stars were, uh, powered by nuclear reactions. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is, this is a huge thing. This is taking a small amount of material and making a huge amount of energy for it, which when it comes to space travel is a huge thing Yeah, because the main problem we have with space travel right now is basically it takes so much weight to get to space mm-hmm. because you have to do it with mostly liquid oxygen, which is fucking heavy. Yeah. I'm talking about like hundreds of thousands of pounds, like tons and tons mm-hmm. of liquid oxygen. And that's like, I mean, the liquid oxygen to lift up the liquid oxygen from the mm-hmm. ground is basically the biggest cost of any space flight, which is nuts to me. Yeah, But,
1: uh, Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's, 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 the real future. It's yeah. like, it's a future we're looking down the barrel of and like.
1: And if like, you know, if it, they, and also just like free energy for every single inhabitant of earth, mm-hmm. you know, just. To, and, like, now, and
0: how are capitalists going to sabotage this?
1: And, um, Try to probably like, like a lot, I think with like what they did with like nuclear power, I think mm-hmm. like just like stage a disaster stage
0: a disaster and then tell like all the hippies or the new left to fucking complain about it.
1: Yeah. And, and say, and just spread a lot of the information mm-hmm. that it's actually pollutes more than, than, uh, than good old fossil fuels.
0: By the way, if you're not aware of it, uh, hippies have been one of the worst things for America of all time. Yeah. If you actually look into it, hippies were a part of a movement called the new left, which was a movement in America that replaced the economic working class left mm-hmm. with, basically culture wars yeah uh basically they they shifted their focus of you know universal suffrage for all people and like economic suffrage for all people Mm -hmm. and they were like oh well instead of that a better way to do it is like give rights to individual groups individually over a period of time Mm -hmm. which has proved to be dumb and bad um and you know if you look at uh Societies who had, you know, LGBTQ and, you know, racial rights long before us, uh, like, let's say the USSR, who, uh, you know, actually had gay rights in the 1930s and had black rights going back to the Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. 19-teens, you know, if you look at that, you realize the only way, like, universal equality and, and suffrage is done is through economics, yeah, because and
1: all those hippies, also in the '60s, were the ones that turned around and voted for Reagan. Oh, a hundred percent. So it's just like that. It wasn't like that ideology wasn't really sustainable for the long run. Really. No, it's like yeah, they're the ones who brought in what we, you know, forty years of Reagan. Because mm. like we've we've had every single president since Reagan has been Reagan. Right. And so like we're we're still suffering from that, and, and all and pretty much everything that they did back then is why we have such shit.
0: Yeah, now. <laughs> Yeah. absolutely. I mean, yeah, like our entire, like the history, the, the history that we're living in was entirely shaped by, I mean, every period of time, but more yeah. than anything, the 1970s and the dialectic pushback of it in the 1980s. Yeah. Because Reagan, although like he did get a lot of hippie votes, he was a pushback to that new left idealism. Yeah. But at the same time, like their, their business ideas, like the new left is basically all of the boomers and fucking Gen Xers that became like fucking these small business owners and these NIMBYs.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, because the, their, their main political motive is like, you know, equality and suffrage for them and their friends, not society as a whole, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. That's why I like, yeah. I mean, free energy, they'll find some way to spin it. (laughs) They will,
0: they will somehow fuck it up. I mean, they'll, the, I mean, capitalists will literally do terrorism to yes. like fusion centers in order to mm-hmm. invalidate this. Like mm-hmm. energy is the greatest, most expensive commodity of anything we have on earth. And once you make that free, that defeats a very, very significant part of capitalism. Yeah. And once you know, once one of the main tiers of capitalism, main one probably being energy, you got mm-hmm. energy, you got war, and you got are serial states yeah like that's that's what capitalism is good for putting people in cages killing people overseas Mm -hmm. uh and extracting their resources and you know just like creating and maintaining very specific hierarchies so i i believe fusion will happen however knowing the world and seeing what happened with like nuclear power like I mean, even if it is a reality, I very much doubt we'll utilize it for at least another hundred years. Even if we get in the next 20 to 30 years, we're not going to utilize it for a long ass time until basically revolution happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Who knows if we'll even make it that long. (laughs) We'll
0: see. I don't intend to, but we'll see. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. There's a point where I'm going to be like, you know what? I have lived too long at this
1: point. Yeah. Um, So like, let me die. We'll see,
0: we'll see where that is. Um, all right. So moving on. Uh, we have a pretty pretty fun article here, actually, from Screen Rant. Um, mm. It's uh, titled, Every Way Strange New Worlds Has Already Changed TOS.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: subtitle is a prequel series. Star Trek Strange New Worlds has retconned and altered several aspects of what's known in Star Trek, the original series. Uh, so I'll kind of skip the, uh, the whole... Intro there and everything. So mm-hmm. we're just going to go right into the things they, sh- uh, they they switched. So number 15, the Enterprise is the Federation flagship. So Dr. Mbenga confirmed in Strange New Worlds episode three that the USS Enterprise is the flagship of the United Federation of Planets. This is a retcon that brings Strange New Worlds Enterprise in line with the new status given to the legacy of Star Trek's most famous ship. Kirk's Enterprise in TOS was not the flagship of the Federation, and that accolade was given to the 24th century USS Enterprise D in Star Trek The Next Generation. J.J. Abrams' Star Trek 2009 made the Enterprise the flagship, and now Strange New Worlds Enterprise holds that distinction as well. Which I actually didn't realize. Yeah, I didn't realize that it wasn't uh, on TOS the flagship at all. So, next, uh, 14. Uh, Pike's Enterprise looks bigger and can do things Kirk's can't, which I actually totally agree with. This was yeah, a, little, yeah. a little bit of a mess up because, like, I mean, the original Enterprise was very small and it kind of had a submarine look for a purpose.
1: Yeah, that, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I I would say the, um, the uh, Strange New Worlds Enterprise looks more like the Enterprise D and
0: T. A hundred percent. Like, it looks like a, a floating Marriott, basically. Yeah. There's, like, ballrooms and shit. Yeah,
1: and TOS, like, there was, like, people and crowding the hallways mm-hmm. and it's just like and it looked and it looked very claustrophobic and that's you know obviously just a uh hindrance they had because of the time you know mm-hmm. the, the size of the sets yeah. and like and and everything else and and they also they wanted to make it look busy because like you know a viewer would assume like mm-hmm. something that's futuristic and huge would have people running around doing everything and they'd actually have to, to make it operational
0: uh do you know what um the original enterprise has in common with women's pants Mm. No ballroom.
1: No ballroom. No ballroom, baby. Uh,
0: Pike's Starship Enterprise appears larger and roomier than Kirk's, although this may just be because Pike's crew numbers in the 200s, while Kirk's expands to 430 in TOS. Mm. The transporters on Pike's Enterprise can also do some previously unheard of and miraculous things, such as changing person's clothes in mid-transport or beam a serum directly into Spock's bloodstream. Uh, And also can just store the pattern of someone, even though that was like something that Scotty set up like, you know, way later in the future. And he's like the most brilliant engineer of all time. (laughs) Whatever. The differences hint that the Enterprise gets a refit before Kirk takes command, and for some reason they make it smaller and shittier. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It is satisfying, however, that Kirk's uh, the Pike's Enterprise is as much a character in Strange New Worlds as it is in Star Trek TOS, which I agree. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think you just kind of have to just have some sort of like, you know, just in your brain, you know, like you know, you know compensate for the 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 limitations they had back in the sixties. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, yeah, I mean, obviously it probably still looks the same if it were mm-hmm. today. You know, it's just like you just gotta make those make those kind of adjustments in your brain and mm-hmm. you know, just for the time and
0: period it was made. Yep. So the next one is one I actually totally agree with them doing. Mm. Uh so thirteen is Pike knows his tragic future in detail. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek: Discovery season two made a massive change to Pike's canon by having him learn that he'll be horribly disfigured in 2266. Strange New Worlds revealed the depth of Pike's foreknowledge. He knows the exact date of when it happens, and he even knows the names of the cadets he saves when he's injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pike is haunted. Uh, Pike is a haunted man in Strange New Worlds season one, but comes to terms with his destiny in the finale. Pike also told Spock in Number One, which uh, creates a new context to Spock's mutiny to bring Pike to Talos 4 in the TOS episode, The Menagerie. Interesting. Number 12, Pike plans to groom Kirk as Enterprise Captain. Okay, groomer. <laughs> uh, in Star Trek's New World season one finale, Pike met Captain Kirk, uh, who was played by Paul Wesley, of an alternate future. However, uh, sorry, further, Pike learned that Kirk's risk-taking style of command will prevent a future war with the Romulans, whereas Chris's own decisions instigated that war. Mm. James T. Kirk is a lieutenant on the USS Farragut in Strange New World's time frame, but Pike saw him as a, his potential successor as captain of the Enterprise. Strange New World Season 2 brings Lieutenant Kirk aboard the Enterprise, and Pike is likely to begin grooming Kirk for the big chair. Mm. Mm, it's weird that he's not, like, looking to Spock or someone for this. I
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Like, that's...
0: an actual command, because at this point, like, Kirk's still a lieutenant like he's four steps away from captain
1: yeah I mean and yeah I mean that that was just I think trying to explain you know obviously we all know that Kirk eventually takes it over but Mm -hmm. yeah it it, would be weird like yeah like in the the story context like oh like you know Pike is so impressed that he's just like with this guy Mm -hmm. after meeting him once
0: (laughs) and it's just kind of a dickhead
1: (laughs) Yeah, yes yes, but let's completely overlook Spock but I mean it makes yeah let's like yeah, this is. Uh,
0: number 11, Spock's relationship with T'Pring and Nurse Chapel deepens. Uh, Spock and his Vulcan fiancé, T'Pring, are still very much in love during Strange New Worlds, and their relationship has yet to disintegrate as it does in TOS. Yeah. Meanwhile, Nurse Chapel's infatuation with Spock, which continues in TOS, sparks up in Strange New Worlds Season 1. Spock, T'Pring, and Chapel are the show's most compelling love triangle. Aren't they the show's only love triangle? <laughs> Uh, the chemistry yeah. <laughs> between Spock and T'Pring is as electric as the growing connection Nurse Chapel and Spock share aboard the Enterprise. How close Spock and Christine will truly get in *Strange New Worlds* is yet to be seen. They're they're definitely gonna flesh that out, right? Yeah, we want to retcon that. We we'll
1: want to see them fuck. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's like they got a hotter Spock and Nurse Chapel. It's like yeah, you true, wanna, true. You wanna you wanna see them smang? Hell yeah.
0: Uh, number 10, Ahura's backstory and choice to remain on the Enterprise. Uh, Strange New Worlds gave cadet Natoya Ahura the can, uh, canonical backstory that TOS never did for Nichelle's, Nichols' original vision of the communications officer. Ahura comes from a tragic background, and she wasn't sure she wanted to remain in Starfleet. But Ahura gained a mentor in the late Chief Engineer Hammer, play, played by Bruce Horak, mm. and her ingenuity helped save the Enterprise more than once. By the end of Strange New World Season 1, Uhura made the choice to remain in Starfleet and she earned her place aboard the Enterprise, where she will serve for the rest of her career. Yeah. Which I'm happy about because uh, I I think that uh, Celia Gooding is like one of the most beautiful people in the world.
1: Yeah, and and you know what? And she had, uh, I think she was faced with a very hard task of, mm-hmm like embodying this very this like iconic character iconic character you especially
0: know? after she passed because she passed during the first yeah. season when it was airing which is like
1: oh yeah and like oh. and then i and she more more than stepped up to the task oh she, she, did she was a, great she, she was does a fantastic job she's definitely one of the more interesting you know when mm-hmm. you know O'Hara so well and it's yeah. Just like yeah and she's adding more to that oh yeah and we definitely
0: character. need uh like uh you know her a Hura standalone episode yes. in season two for sure oh yeah yeah, she was great yeah
1: yeah she kind of had one she um,
0: did it was like the third or fourth episode yeah. like the one where like she has dinner and she's like uh you speak 32 33 and, and,
1: and speaks to the it's uh the um yeah the one where she speaks to the spaceship right right, right yeah. yeah or the comet whatever yeah, yeah. It is, yeah
0: yeah they sing or whatever
1: yeah but yeah she was she was great and mm-hmm. you know, and that's the thing i think like all the legacy characters i think the people are doing great jobs with it i think that
0: except for kirk he's fine except for kirk yeah fuck Kirk, he's fine (laughs) he's he's fine he's just like uh, unfortunately he completely lacks the charisma that the other two kirk's have had yes which is like that's like the hallmark of kirk is Mm -hmm. his charisma Literally, yeah. that's the only thing he's actually good at. Yeah, is being charismatic, <laughs> and they fucking took that away from him, and made him like dark and moody. Yeah, I'm Like, what are you doing?
1: Stop. Yeah, oh. but but I, that was kind of like a alternate universe, Kirk. But yeah, still, but like, still, yeah. but still, like I, I was not. I mean, I, I would I would prefer if like Kirk doesn't touch Strange New Worlds at all.
0: Yeah, or if or if they literally just had him for the finale of that episode, and then he exactly. and then he's on another ship until like maybe the finale of the series.
1: Or yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, I I, I I we've had enough, Kirk.
0: Yeah. yeah, straight up. Like, uh, what they really need to do with with Star Trek is the same thing that uh, whatever the guy who made Andor did with Andor and Rogue One, mm-hmm. like, set it in the same universe. Perhaps make it have some connection to some of the characters and events that have already taken place but don't have anybody with the same last name as any of the characters you've already had. Yeah. Like, you don't need it. You don't mm-hmm. need it. You can, this is a rich world, and you can world build off of it. It's not that, I, mean, yeah. I mean, we saw, like, with Prodigy, a fucking kid show, in my opinion, did better world build building for Star Trek than we've seen since probably Star Trek Enterprise.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Like, And also has a more interesting story that it told than, you know, also, like, yeah, I mean, like, Discovery and Picard they like the the they've they've made changes to the to the to the to the to the, to the historical events in Star mm-hmm. Trek right. that i think are dumb yeah
0: and and they did it in commission of a b- bad plot line yes and that's i think that's one of the things that really set uh prodigy apart from everything is the threat like the big threat that was threatening the universe and starfleet and whatever like was believable yeah like from the get go and they built to it like they actually mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't from the very first episode they weren't like, oh, we gotta uh, deal with the, the construct. We didn't even really know what it was until probably like the seventh or eighth episode yeah. of the season. And mm-hmm. like, they got to learn more and more about it and figure out more and more about it. And by the end, they kind of understood it to the point where they're like, oh, we know how to destroy it. Yeah, Which which is awesome story. Really just like master class writing. Yeah. Um, I'm still just like blown away that I was that impressed by a fucking Star Trek kid show, man. Yeah. Same. Like, yeah.
1: Like, yeah, I didn't watch it for until like uh, you know, had to for this. And mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, I wish I was watching this from the beginning. Cause like I was watching on my own, on my own volition. I was mm-hmm. watching fucking Discovery season four and I was just like, kill me. Yeah. Kill it,
0: me! It, so it's it's crazy <laughs> to me. And so something I was kind of like ruminating on a little bit ago. Um, Cause I, I put up this, this comment someone made about Star Trek and stuff. And I was kind of just like ruminating on like the state of Star Trek and like one of the things that I just don't understand is. The two series that are by far marketed to me the most are the two Star Trek series I hate the most. Mm. I can't stand. I can't stand Picard or Discovery. But whenever I get fucking targeted ads or whatever for any Star Trek show, it's always one of those two. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen an ad for Lower Decks or Prodigy in my life.
1: Yeah, you're right. Uh, like uh, I like uh, I see, I've
0: seen an ad for the Prodigy game before. Uh, yeah, called uh, I think it's the. Um, supernova it's the same name as the uh the last two episodes
1: mm-hmm. yeah I, I yeah you don't see too much like i mean i'm, I'm wondering if, if if you would see more of it if you know because it's like on nickelodeon right right so like i'm wondering i mean who has cable anymore i
0: mean that's but, the thing it's, it's on nickelodeon but it premieres on paramount plus
1: so. yeah mm-hmm. yeah but uh yeah i mean i don't know it's it is funny like when i watched episodes of prodigy on paramount plus mm-hmm. Like, I would get just ads for, like, kid stuff. (laughs) It was just, like, like that because I would play commercials, and it would just be, like...
0: Uh, I mean, diapers aren't just for kids. (laughs) You know that, right, Pat? (laughs) Go hurt in diapers, all right? (laughs) But it was, like,
1: little kids' toys and, like, and stuff. So I'm like, oh, man, they definitely just think I'm... Um, I'm a kid watching this or something, but yeah. so, yeah, I mean, it's like, and, and, and yeah, you don't yeah, see it. You t- think
0: to yourself as you finish your Capri Sun, <laughs> yeah. your chewy bar.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, while playing my switch. But yeah, like, um, God, I, it was funny. Cause I did see like a switch game advertised on that. Then I'm like, Oh shit, I should buy that. <laughs> it was like a Ninja Turtle game. I'm like, Oh fuck. I just played cool. that.
0: It's so good. The new yeah. Ninja Turtle, like yeah, beat them up. I'm, yeah. Scott brought it over. It's so fun, dude. Oh
1: God, I'm going to play it. Yeah. yeah. It looks, it looks cool as fuck. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, it's just like, and and it's also Prodigy is not talked about on, like, you know, stuff like Star Trek shitposting at all.
0: It really isn't, which and, is strange to me, because it, it's, like, heavily talked about on, like, R slash Star Trek. Mm. Like, I see probably at least once a week, like, a, pr- a post getting pretty big where someone's like, seriously, everybody, Prodigy's really fucking good.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, like,
0: all the comments are like, yeah, I had no idea it was going to be this fucking good. And that's all it is, is, and, like, people praising the show.
1: Like, yeah, and nobody talks about Star Trek shitposting, I'm guessing, because, you know... Cause obviously like every single post has to be a Demar shitting his pants. Back. Right. I mean, so yeah. It's I like, mean, the, so where can you put Star Trek, Star I, Trek I, prodigy? I, I don't
0: believe that people on Star Trek, uh, posting watch Star Trek. I think most of them <laughs> watched it at yeah. one point, And they're like, I get that ref. Yeah. Demar shitting his whole ass out. It's like, that really that that's,
1: that's like that, that 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 meme has legs. It's gone on for a year now and it's compl- and it hasn't been funny since. <laughs> oh, it's the
0: av- yeah. <laughs>
1: it it's, it's, it's the
0: avatar of uh, of memes, but avatar was good. Yeah, and so
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just like just I saw one the other day. I'm like, seriously, we're still doing shit in the pants. But um uh, uh, no,
0: no. His whole ass. His
1: whole ass, that's right. I'm sorry. I forgot. I'm oh, mad. I've seen it like a 100 Yeah, what, 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 what are you times. doing in life, man? I've you're you're that, losing it. You're losing I've, the thread. I've, I've seen that meme a thousand times and uh, but yeah, like, um, uh, yeah. And there's talk about anything on, and yeah, it's, but it's funny cause yeah, it is, it's an enjoyable show. Mm-hmm. So it's a great show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, if, if there's one thing I've, uh, I mean, if there is a couple things I've learned from doing this podcast, mm-hmm. um, it's first off, uh, Gigi Hertzler is my favorite. Yes. Just probably my favorite person alive. I don't know. Yeah. These are just my favorite. Um, also, um, Star Trek Prodigy is like way better than it has any fucking right to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've also learned that um, uh, every single writer for uh, Star Trek Picard season two wants me to commit suicide. <laughs> I mean that's the only explanation I, think I can come day, up uh, with.
1: One day they'll answer for their crimes. Yeah, I think I think one day like they may may not. In we need life, to get them
0: in like a Klingon tribunal, like in uh, Star Trek yeah. Six.
1: <laughs> like. no, I'm not saying you know it may not be in life. We may not get that you know righteous justice where mm-hmm. they're they're sentenced to to death for their crimes. Yeah, but you know you know possibly in the afterlife, like they will be their heart will be weighed on a scale, and it will be heavier than a feather. And, uh, I'm, and- <laughs> I'm looking forward to
0: their eternity of uh, outer darkness, yes and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. yeah Yeah. that's uh that's what i'm looking for yeah going
1: to the francisco goya hell or some shit yeah so let's let's that's let's you know let's cross our fingers how about about
0: san francisco goya (laughs) it's like "Mm, i'm thinking about eating my son
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm a frog man (laughs) but yeah like yeah let's 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 hope let's hope that that's in their future or in their in their afterlife Mm -hmm. like they will they will atone
0: Ooh, how about saturn Eating his own, <laughs> or his own cum, devouring his own
1: devouring his own cum.
0: <laughs> he's fucking took out a rib, and he's yeah. doing a Marilyn Manson in the corner. Um. Well, this uh, this article just like disappeared. So whatever. Oh shit. Uh, oh, here we go. Just reappeared again, and for some reason now with a picture of a uh, Toy Story. Cool. Man, I like Toy Story, I guess. <laughs> uh, how would, how do you feel about a Star Trek animated film, like a Prodigy film, or even a Lower Decks film? I would watch it. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah. I, I think honestly, like Prodigy maybe. Uh, so I don't know if you've heard the plan. So Prodigy is only going to be two seasons of twenty episodes each, mm-hmm. which honestly I think is a great idea.
1: Mm. We oh, leave- so oh, so it's a definitely limited series. They're yep. not going to go any further than that, that's two. that's what they said. Uh,
0: from, from the beginning, it was initially supposed to be two seasons of 10 episodes each. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the staff was like, we have enough ideas for at least four 10 episode seasons. And so they're like, okay, well, we'll just do two 20 episode seasons then. So, hmm. yeah, which I think honestly is a great idea. Yeah. We fucking love a limited series. Yeah. Uh, Like, I mean, never. It's just a great rule everywhere in life. Never wear out your welcome. Yeah. Fucking like. You know, it's like the Midwest thing. If someone slaps their knees and says "welp," like you just got to say, "Well, guess it's uh, about time for us to get out of here." Yeah, y- you got to do it. Like, there's mm-hmm. your time's up, and uh,
1: and Buzz, it's like way better to like tell a contained story that way, because then like you know, you run into like the enterprise problem where they're suddenly canceled and (laughs) like, and and, and
0: then the last episode is one of the worst pieces of dog shit you've seen in your life.
1: Yeah. Or the Netflix problem where you just have like an infinite seasons that where like, they've completely lost the thread of like what the show was.
0: Well, either that or they just cancel it after the second season. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like they only do two things
1: there. Yeah. And, uh, so I think, yeah, having like, uh, like being able to tell contained story and also like. Like I, I, could see like those characters having some sort of a like, crossover because, mm-hmm. like, I, you know, obviously, as like Prodigy and has shown, like, you know, crossover characters, you know, the characters can be can be uh, all throughout um, Star Trek. So uh, you know, you can see Doll, you know, going mm-hmm. going uh, go to a different um, series or something. It would
0: be awesome to see a live action Doll. Not yeah, like it, basically anybody from prodigy i would love to see live action
1: yeah they could just they could just take his uh voice actor and color him purple and yeah. give <laughs> the, him weird hair and a, the a,
0: one i think they'd probably really fuck up with bad though i mean murph and um and rock yeah i, I don't think they could do either of those super well no. unless they had fucking paul white the big show play rock mother oh, <laughs> shit, <laughs>
1: <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that would make <laughs> that would be terrifying to <laughs> just like, like have rock like,
0: suddenly's like Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> like, like,
1: well, they, well they <laughs> would have they would have like uh, they would have the big show, uh-huh. but then like Rock's voice actor would be dubbing that would be terrifying. her <laughs> dialogue over it that would be the most
0: uncanny valley shit ever.
1: It would just be in like a suburban commando, you know, had the uh, they, oh, yeah. that had the Undertaker, yeah, 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 and the Undertaker had a child that was, re- and the Undertaker didn't speak out through mm-hmm. the entire movie yeah. until the end, and he said something, and he turned out to have a little boy's voice, and he's like, and Hulk is like, no wonder you
0: guys don't talk, yeah. We love Suburban Commando, don't we, folks? Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, one of the best films. It's a, a, a sci-fi action film. It's yeah. also a family film.
1: Yeah, it has Christopher Lloyd in it.
0: Yeah, it does. It, yeah. it actually has a pretty good comedic cast, to be honest. Yeah, it's that, good. That's weird. As
1: Undertaker, Hulk Hogan.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, the worst actor in the entire film is the star, which I'm like, what, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. what are you doing there? That's strange. Man, I haven't watched that movie in forever. Is it on your Plex? Of course it's
0: on. I've got oh. every fucking Hulk Hogan movie on my Plex. Oh, shit. And all of his, like, kind of made-for-TV movies. I've got all the, um, what's a fire down below or i know what What are they called there's there's mm. something where he's like on a beach the entire time it's like a three-part series that they mm. made for tv initially but it like they wouldn't pick it up as a series so <laughs> they just made it into like made for tv movies oh know. cool
1: oh, that's super weird.
0: all right next we got on this list yeah we
1: got I, on a bit of a tangent that's there. totally fine that's <laughs> totally fine you know
0: i'm always checking the time i can I always
1: adjust Yeah, you know?
0: it's uh The only thing I'm trying to hit is about an hour. So people can look at them like, oh, they actually did make a podcast. And like, (laughs) it doesn't matter if we actually have real content on it. That's that's not what people are here for. They're here to get high and put on their headphones and like space out while they're going to work.
1: Disassociate.
0: Yeah. Pretend they're actually listening to real information about Star Trek when really basically like 90% of the podcast is me talking about sucking a girl's cock. Yeah.
1: Or weird tangents about obscure films like. Suburban Command, <laughs> yeah,
0: or weird quorum <laughs> films where I'm like, you know, sucking a girl's cock. Yes, so, yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's mostly
1: that. It's mostly most yeah, of that. Mo- that. Yeah. Uh,
0: so number nine. Uh, number nine, number nine, number <laughs> nine. Starfleet knows more about the Gorn. Yeah. So the Gorn is one of Strange New Worlds' most significant retcons. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lizard aliens emerged as a major threat to the Federation, and Strange New Worlds revealed new information about the Gorn society. And actually, had two full Gorn episodes, basically. Yeah. Um.
1: Yeah, uh, one of them made my uh, list.
0: Nice. Yeah, one of them made my
1: list as well. I'm no pretty sure shit. it's the same one. Probably.
0: Just because of the ending was very impactful. Yes. And good. Good. Um, so further, uh, Lieutenant Lon Nunian Singh, uh, Christina Chong, is a survivor of the Gorn abduction of, as a child, and she owns a wealth of knowledge about the reptilian villains. A violent encounter with a Gorn uh, leads to... Spoiler alert. Skip hmm. us past this. SNW spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the A violent encounter with the Gorn leads to the death of Hammer, mm-hmm. and the aliens will be back in Strange New Worlds Season 2. Yeah. Which I think is awesome. Like, they're, yeah. they're setting them up to be a very compelling villain, mm-hmm. and although it's definitely a retcon of what it was, because there's no way these aliens can be, like, the exact same species as the Gorn that <laughs> fucking... That Kirk beat up with the double fists.
1: Yeah, no, it's not the same. No, no, because these, <laughs> these things are
0: these things like look like lizards and they're fucking evil.
1: Yeah, and they could, and they're able to like spread their uh, spread their death babies really quickly. Yeah,
0: and also they don't communicate through any sort of through anything but light, which is interesting.
1: And uh, and they're and they're a little four inch um. Babies were able to yo like, four tra- inches average dog. <laughs> yeah <they're just laughs> average. But, like, four inch uh, little guys were able to just like drag human you know full grown human. no beams. I'm telling you they're
0: average guys they're not <laughs> little guys
1: those more than average guys those uh, generous little those, guys those, those generous medium guys those generously average guys <laughs> were able to uh, throw throw around uh, full grown humans <laughs> which. If that was possible, like Kirk would have gotten fucked up by that full-grown one.
0: i we'd hope so. Yeah, that would have been a great end to the series if yeah. they just ended it on the arena.
1: Yeah, in the, and the that Gorn is like also in the arena is like so slow it goes because mm, yeah. it's obviously a man in a rubber suit. So. Right, right. <laughs> so like, yeah, like the uh, the Gorn in uh, Stranger Worlds are like, tick, little. I mean, average, average. Uh, no, the, the
0: Gorn in Strange New Worlds are much closer to uh, Xenobites, uh, not Xenobites, um, Xenomorphs. Xenomorphs, like yeah. from Alien, uh, um, than like, you know, the fucking Lizard Man dude on TOS ever was. Yeah. Like, that, yeah.
1: That, that thing. In his little like, uh, in his big show little uh, uh, outfit. It yeah. Like he's wearing like a little one strap. <laughs>
0: <Yep>. <laughs> big guy in a little costume. Yeah. <laughs> um, Number eight, uh, why number one doesn't stay on Kirk's Enterprise. It's canonical that Lieutenant Commander Una Chin Riley doesn't remain on the Starship Enterprise when Captain Kirk takes over. Mm-hmm. While Strange New Worlds has yet to indicate why, season one revealed number one to be a genetically engineered Illyrian. Una was arrested for lying to Starfleet about uh, being an Augment at the end of SNW season one. However, Una's plight is resolved... Um, it could be a hint as to why number one eventually vacates the first officer role to Spock in TOS. Mm. So the actual reason she vacated the role to Spock in TOS is because the studio refused to have a <laughs> female uh, leading actress. Yeah. Which really sucks, and that was actually uh, initially uh, Michelle Barrett, uh, yeah. who went on to become Mrs. Jean Roddenberry, and mm. also the voice of every single computer from TNG all the way through Enterprise, which, and, also,
1: and become Nurse Chapel on the same series, right? And
0: <laughs> so something that actually really bothers me, and I don't like at mm. all, and I wish, I mean, um, you know, Alex Kurtzman is basically the only one that can get this done. Mm. Before she died, Michelle Barrett recorded every single syllable. Yeah. She, she recorded basically everything she would need to record to be the voice of the computer for every Star Trek forever. Yeah. And they've decided not to do that.
1: What a dumbass. I don't
0: like that decision at all. I hate that decision. Like Michelle Barrett is Mm -hmm. an icon, a very distinct part of Star Trek. Yeah. And it's like, what would it hurt by using her voice? Yeah. I mean, I understand, you know, at least in Discovery and Strange New Worlds, they are at the point, I think, before they have, like, a responsive computer that really talks to them. Yeah. However, you know, everything else, they're past that. Like, they never talk to the computer in dis- – I mean, in Discovery, it makes sense because it's, you know, Hollow Janeway. However, if and in you dis-
1: – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. and in, dis- in Discovery, they have um- – in Discovery... Th- their their, their uh, computer becomes self-aware. So. Right, and also,
0: like, you know, they have... They're pre... They're both pre- and post-TNG technology, yeah. so they don't have the talking computer yet, really. So yeah. It's, it's whatever it is. But uh, then, in, like, Picard, like, why aren't they talking to their computer ever? Yeah. They're on a ship, like, half the time, and they never address the computer, or if they do, the computer never responds.
1: Or, like, they take the form of the holograms that's on, you know... Um what's on Rios's shit. Right. Right. Which yeah. is like,
0: what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Like we don't need an actor as a stand in for the computer. Yeah. That, that's stupid. Like,
1: well, it could just be because like they, you know, they hope to have like an act act, like a living actor behind just for, but that's, so. that's
0: extra money. And also yeah. you're putting disrespect on Michelle Barrett's name. Yeah. Like she did this for a very specific reason and all of the producers and everyone involved in Star Trek back then knew this was the reason but they got rid of every single one of those people. Yeah. Which honestly fucking sucks. Yeah. That's that's a giant complaint I have about um you know Alex Kurtzman's takeover of Star Trek mm-hmm. is none of the people that made Star Trek great in the first place are involved anymore. No. Which is a big problem to me. Yeah. Like I mean even like fucking like Michael Okuda doesn't have a job with them which is like mm. That dude made I mean he's a vision he's a Star Trek visionary. He made what Star Trek looks like now. Yeah. Like between him and um uh what's his face? Zimmerman, mm-hmm. who is the set designer on TNG and DS9 and all that shit, like fucking they made the aesthetic of Star Trek and now they're just like throwing that away. And a lot of new Star Trek looks bad. Yeah. Like I can't stand how Discovery looks. Mm. I can tolerate how Strange New Worlds looks, but it's just like everything is so fucking dark.
1: And also I don't like um, the interactive um, stuff that appears. Like, I haven't gotten to that yet with uh, yeah. with Discovery. Oh, yeah. So you talking about the augmented thing? Yeah. I haven't quite gotten that. But yet. they have it in Picard a little. A little. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't like that.
0: Yeah, the whole augment wall thing and like, yeah. oh, everything's holographic now. It's like, Yeah, I guess that makes sense to a certain extent that you would eventually get, like, holographic stuff. However, Mm. like, the thing I kind of buy more is, um, like, a reactive, almost living thing. Like, in Book's ship on on Discovery, how it kind of, like, moves with Mm. him and stuff like that. Yeah. That makes more sense to me, but, you know. Yeah. Basically because, like, I don't know. If you've ever tried to operate a vehicle without any buttons it fucking sucks, man. Yeah. It's like when everything's on a computer, that's the reason like Teslas blow up and shit is because like you need actual buttons to be able to do things. People have gotten locked in their Teslas because it requires a computer function to open the doors. Yeah. Which is like, why would you put such a, like a, I mean, an analog function why would you trust it to a computer? It doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah,
1: I watched a video one time where uh, a bunch of people got trapped in a parking deck because a Tesla died on, <laughs> on the on the ramp. Mm-hmm. That was only like a car. That was only like the as wide as a car, mm-hmm. so no one could leave. Right, and the thing <laughs> is, just,
0: and and you can't just put a Tesla into neutral. No, yeah. is the thing. They're yeah. not like real cars, like.
1: Yeah, I mean they're, uh, yeah they're definitely like uh, they're definitely like a little like uh, just a toy car basically like mm. that shouldn't be on the road in mm. my opinion. Yeah, Like especially yeah, but regardless. <laughs> yep. Uh,
0: so I'm gonna skip the next couple because there are things that I don't think are retcons at all. Uh, there, Doctor Umbenga met an early Star Trek space god, which he could have definitely done. That's not a retcon. Yeah, that's not a retcon. Uh, and also, Nurse Chapel innovated a key Starfleet technology. Also, not a retcon. She could have mm. done that. Yeah. Um, so number five, uh, lower deckers played enterprise bingo in my f- least favorite B plot of almost the entirety of star Trek, but definitely of oh, yeah. strange new world season. Mm. one. My least favorite episode of the season by
1: far. Yeah. I already didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so strange new worlds revealed that cadets and ensigns on Pike's enterprise unwind with an embargoed game called enterprise bingo, which is essentially a scavenger hunt throughout the ship. This practice was apparently discontinued on Kirk's enterprise Curiously, one of the tasks in Enterprise Bingo involves a Tribble, which means there's an awareness of the furry aliens years before Trek's Enterprise encounters them in the TOS. Another goal in Enterprise Bingo is to sign the Scorch, which is the Enterprise's oldest piece of hull. The Scorch may have been removed when Kirk takes command of the Enterprise. Um, Do you want me to read off the full bingo list? Nah. Here we go. (laughs) Use Transporter... Uh, to reflavor gum. Mm. S- uh, phaser stun club.
1: <laughs>
0: Turbo lift two-floor shout challenge. Get the universal translator to Endorian. Or set the universal translator to Endorian. <laughs> Gravity Boot Hang Challenge. Mm. I wish they would have done the rope hang challenge. <laughs> Um, Medical Tricorder Challenge Vulcan Manual? I don't know what that is at all. Mm. Food Replicator Challenge Syrian Fruit. Sneak a Tribble into the Transporter Buffer.
1: Wait, Wait, you just have to eat a piece of fruit? Yeah. Food
0: Replicator Challenge... Oh durian fruit! Ah, uh, which makes sense. Yeah, that was disgusting. Yeah. I bet Klingons love how. It, oh yeah. So. Uh, next we got sit in captain's chair, which is I think a violation. I mean, all probably case, yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> um, next we got uh, E.V. suit challenge, unsanctioned spa- spacewalk, and then that's last... also very
1: dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the next
0: one we have is uh, sign the scorch.
1: Yes, last one. Um, yeah, I hated that whole subplot
0: i mean I, I get that it was trying to add levity and stuff but
1: yeah because it shows them like without spacesuits right like well the, it's
0: because they have a there's a uh, the shields are around the ship
1: yeah. but that would mean they would have to create an atmosphere have an atmosphere there <laughs> like so because you would assume that there's actually just it's just vacuum as well mm-hmm. but um but that would also mean like they need atmosphere and heat and to a- be able to do that yeah,
0: and also, this is just incredibly unbecoming for uh, two senior officers, one of whom is the mm. head security officer. So yeah. it's their job to penalize things like this. Yeah. And it should be mentioned, this is done on an episode directly after uh, fucking, um, both of these characters penalize two cadets for like trying to do a spacewalk.
1: Yeah, that, and so that's, that's how they found out about it. Yeah,
0: and it's it, yeah. it's and they put them in the brig for that. Yeah. So it's a very very much just like our cops here, uh, rules for thee and not for me situation. Yeah. So which made me lose a lot of respect for these two characters. Yeah. Like they're just they're just fucking around and they don't care. Yeah. They don't give a fuck about the rules. No. Which is like, if you don't give a fuck about the rules, why are you in charge? You set rules for other people. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't give a fuck about them either because you don't give a fuck. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> all right, next we got um, Strange New Worlds reintroduce Cybok, which is the one I'm probably most excited about, yeah. unless they fuck it up.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we're um, looking forward to Cybok. Mm-hmm.
0: All you really need to know is they just did a teaser for Cybok yeah. um, in a episode with uh, Captain Angel, who's played by Jesse James Keitel, mm-hmm.
1: who is... Uh, any relation to Harvey Keitel. I doubt it. <laughs> <Who knows that? laughs> That'd be funny. Uh,
0: next we have, Pike has more girlfriends than previously known. I mean, have you, have you seen him?
1: <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Is that a retcon? I don't think that's a retcon. Yeah, that's just like this new information revealed. Mm-hmm. It's like, because it's not like that was like a right. big.
0: Sa- same with the next one here. Um, Strange New Worlds revealed another former captain of the Enterprise.
1: April. I think, but he, I think we knew that though, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, he was a he was already an established character.
0: Uh, yeah, he was already an admiral before. Yeah, like, well known.
1: Yeah, and, so that yeah, yeah, so
0: he had to be a captain at some point.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: last one is Strange New World sheds new light on Khan because fucking uh, mm-hmm. Khan Noonien Singh is related to Lon mm-hmm. Noonien Singh. Yeah, that's that's about all. Yeah. So, uh, I don't, how, how does that work though? It's like, she's not an augment. Like he um, he augmented his genetics and had a kid, but those, that, those augments didn't pass through. I don't, I don't understand that at all. Hmm. Cause I mean, you know, like if you change
1: your genetics, that
0: also changes, you know, like your sperm. Plus it's into that it's, it's gen- also,
1: it's also like, you know, like, um, and, the, and, and, the first introduction of, you know, Con, it's that it's all through breeding. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that would make sense. Like breeding, breeding, breed me. So yeah, like, or maybe <laughs> it could be like a cousin, like cousin it, or, or like a niece. She's a niece of Khan. Like it was like one of his other. It was like one of his brothers or sisters that had that had a separate bloodline. Like Khan's just like a distant uncle.
0: Then why does she have his middle name too? That's my question. She almost mm. has the exact same name. Yeah. As name as him. <laughs> yeah. Like Khan Noonien Singh, and she's lawn Noonien Singh. Right? <laughs> um, mm. Yeah. Very sus though. Very, yeah, sus. very sus. You know, I don't. I don't know what they're gonna do with her character. Honestly, she's kind of the character I've liked the least on the show so far. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've given um, uh, what's her face like worse lines probably, but yeah. like I don't know. She's just not. Lawn isn't very likely. I was,
1: I was uh, expecting uh, from the first episode like a villainous turn for her, but yeah, because she's
0: related to Khan, right? Yeah, like, like and, and she it'll
1: it could still always happen. And Yeah, she seemed like she was kind of like you know kind of mean, but like uh, like oh, That's okay, because she's a cop, dude. Yeah, so I was like, I thought cop. she was gonna be, I thought she was gonna have like a villainous turn, but it didn't happen. I'm like, okay, maybe she's she is a good person. So yeah, who knows. Yeah.
0: All right, well, that's that list, and uh, I think uh, I think we'll, that's where we'll leave it for today. We've we'll right. been going about an hour. Cool. Uh, yeah. So, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Once again, we will be off for one week, so don't fucking expect to hear us next week. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. This has been Britain. And this is Pat. The
1: podcast Soy Trek. Thanks for listening, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening. Go go suck a dick.
1: Yeah, but in a good way. And Go watch Suburban Commando. Hell yeah, but in a good way. In a good way.